Good morning. Welcome to chapel. The purpose of today's chapel is to acknowledge that there's a lot of violence and suffering in this world, as well as a great, for pe a great need for peace in this world. So today we gather in this place, in the presence of our Lord, the, peace, the Prince of Peace, so we can pray in behalf of those who are suffering in the world. Let's start by singing 407 in your blue hymnal, 407. We are people of God's peace. Please stand to sing. Last Friday, we introduced the practice of passing the peace or greeting each other, acknowledging that we are coming here together to be a community. So now I invite you again to take a few minutes to greet people around you. Okay, please now I invite you to turn to number 19 in the green book. Number 19 in the green book, I will call upon the Lord. And please stand.
can all be actively engaged in the world and in the work of peacemaking. One way to do so is by, being inform is by informing ourselves about situations locally and globally in which there is unrest, and then holding those situations up in prayer. It can be overwhelming to think of all the people, places, and things that need prayer, and situations may seem distant and far removed from our everyday reality. However, we are called to be engaged in the lives of our neighbor, in the lives of people who are struggling, and in the world. And no situation is completely without hope. Good things are happening everywhere. We will begin a time of prayer by briefly hearing an overview of eight situations in which there is a need for peace. The issues are complex, so we encourage you to take time later to educate yourselves more fully about any situations that you are less familiar with. After each person shares, we will then respond with the words projected up on the screen. Good morning. Colombia remains the country with the highest number of internally displaced people, with a total number of more than 5 million. The 50-year internal war between armed groups associated with drug trafficking, in addition to guerrilla and paramilitary groups, continue to contribute to this displacement. The conflict has disproportionately affected Afro-Colombians and indigenous communities. In addition to the large numbers displaced inside Colombia, an estimated 200,000 Colombians are currently seeking safety in Ecuador, home to the largest refugee population in Latin America. There are significant unmet humanitarian needs inside Colombia and among the refugees in Ecuador. However, there are groups of people working to bring peace. One of these groups is the Quito Mennonite Church. My mom and dad, as well as GC grad Dave Schenk, work with the Colombian refugee population in Ecuador, providing them assistance with healthcare, food, and counseling. The light shines in the darkness. As a nation, we preach freedom and liberty. Yet more than two million people are behind bars. We fight wars for democracy, but deny many of our own citizens labeled felons the right to vote. We, we paint pictures of equality, yet many of our underprivileged are behind bars while many of our, while our wealthiest um, residents never never see that reality. We have the largest prison system in the world per capita and aggregate. While we have 5% of the world's population, more than 25% of the people behind bars are right here in the United States of America. This costs hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Right here in Elkhart County, we have a $90 million jail constructed five years ago that houses roughly 600 people. Because a high school dropout is 10 times more likely to go to prison than someone with some college education, your very presence in chapel this morning is a get-out-of-jail-free card handed to you by Goshen College. If you want to get involved, contact folks at Student Reform Club. The light shines in the darkness. Syria, a country of fertile plains, high mountains, and deserts, 
Syria is a home to diverse ethnic and religious groups, including Kurds, Armenians, Assyrians, Christians, Druze, Alawite, Shia, and Arab Sunnis. Conflict between governments and various government groups have resulted in over 93,000 deaths, 4 million internally displaced people, and another 2 million Syrians living as refugees. As the violence has intensified, people are being forced to make the heart-wrenching decision between leaving their homes, their homeland, and everything that they possess, or risking their lives and staying put in a war zone. According to Bishop Juan Kavak of the Syrian Orthodox Church, children are the ones who are suffering the most through the Syrian crisis, especially psychologically. In the midst of this crisis, and in surrounding Lebanon, Jordan, Turkey, Iraq, and Egypt, people are opening homes and hospitals, schools, and psychosocial support centers as they extend hospitality and hope to the constant flow of Syrian refugees fleeing the war. In this land where Saul saw the light on his way to Damascus, the light shines in the darkness. For the past several decades in Mexico, there has been a serious outbreak of violence that has continued to especially worsen since the 1990s. The violence has mostly been due to the, or the ongoing Mexican drug war. This war is a conflict between drug cartels, which are criminal organizations that fight each other, uh, to gain control of drug trafficking operations and the Mexican government forces. By the end of 2012, the official death toll of the drug war um, was at least 60,000 uh, victims, although um, there are many unaccounted for um, that could uh, add up to over 100,000. Although many of the victims are directly uh, involved in the war, some victims are people that have uh, no involvement in drug trafficking at all, but find themselves caught in the crossfire of the fighting drug cartels. An article published in the Washington Post in 2011 stated that the children's rights groups estimated in 2009 alone that over 1,180 children were killed. Um, half of them were in shootings. This ruthless violence has seized the country with fear, and I myself have even experienced that fear. Having family in Mexico, my family and I have always gone to Mexico to visit. But in recent years, we've had to exercise caution in making these trips um, because of the high risk of getting caught up in the violence in Mexico. But despite all of this violence and tragedy, there are still those who refuse to be, defeat, to be defeated or lose the hope for the future generations in Mexico. Apart from measures being taken by the government to stop the cartels, Organizations are springing up across and outside of Mexico uh, to break this chain of violence through education. Organizations like Hope for Mexico, whose slogan is building freedom through education, work to be able to support schools and supply children in Mexico with the tools they need to learn. Many churches also support and build schools in Mexico, such as my local church does. I believe it is through this access to better education that the generations to come will lead um, the nation into peace and justice. The light shines in the darkness. Okay, so recently I was able to Skype with some of my brothers in Egypt. Um, I went to Egypt on SST in 2010, um, and so I have 
family there that I keep in touch with. Um, and so through our conversations, we talked a little bit about um, the current situation happening in Egypt right now. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, um, Egypt is in turmoil again um, after the removal of the president, um, Mohamed Morsi. And um, so after they removed him in July, there has been many demonstrations, um, pro-Morsi demonstrations, as well as um, interventions done by the um, Egyptian armed forces. And due to these um, demonstrations and interventions, there have been many deaths um, since July, or January of 2011, when the first uh, demonstrations began in Egypt. There has been 900 to 1,000 death um, casualties, and those are only the recorded death casualties. Um, as we were talking, my friends told me of a friend of theirs who had been killed in um, participating in a demonstration and also talked about a friend who was currently in the hospital um, from a gun wound. And um, they were upset because they had been stuck in this house for about the past four days um, because it was really unsafe for them to go out. Um, and as we were talking and I just became more and more depressed and feeling more and more hopeless, um, they were like, no, don't worry. Like, just pray for us, um, inshallah, meaning God willing, things will get better soon. Um, and for me, that was, that was an inspiration that even though they were living amidst all of this um, violence and all of this um, unrest, that they were still able to keep um, a very positive and hopeful demeanor. Um, and so they are the light that shines in the darkness. Why do people immigrant? Humans have always been on the move from Africa to Asia to North America. We are natural immigrants. We move because of economic reasons, natural disaster, civil war, family, a better life. But no, ma no matter the reason, we are all immigrants. The US of A, one of the greatest nations in the world, was built up by immigrants who left Europe searching for a better life. These immigrants were welcomed with open arms in the land of the free and the brave. Immigrants build the cities we live in, the roads we walk, and the rail trains we take. Our history is the history of immigrants. However, at present times, if you're an immigrant and don't have paper, an immigration and customs enforcement officer may break down the door of your house at 3 o'clock in the morning and take away your mother, your father, your grandparents, or even yourself. These actions destroy families. These actions break down our communities. It is time to look back at our history, and as we did 200 years ago, embrace those who come looking for a better chance of life instead of destroying lives. Today, it is the ones who we call illegal who pick up our grocery-brought fruits, who work there for hours in factories so we can have our fancy cars, homes, and material goods. It is the immigrants who work the dirty jobs and who behind the scenes make the nation spin. I encourage you to read and think about the MCC posters outside CIAE in order to understand an immigrant story at a superficial level and begin to unravel the depths of their stories. And if you want to become involved with the helping change of the situation, La Casa, which is located downtown in Goshen, is a great place to start. There, they offer a variety of services, such as citizenship application or work applications, and more ways of becoming involved. We can sow compassion one application at a time. The light shines in the darkness. The simmering, surging, and sometimes explosive animosity between Israelis and Palestinians has become a symbol of hot and cold conflicts everywhere. For over 60 years, the lopsided struggle has claimed many lives, despite persistent attempts at negotiation, containment, 
or resolution. A series of mediated peace accords, ceasefires, and protocols brokered by the United States and other Western powers have failed to provide the lasting stability or security. One nation born out of the maelstrom of the European Holocaust, another nation straining to be born, are bound together by competing claims to the same land and water and patrimony. On both sides, the blood of victims and martyrs stains the soil and gives the conflict the aura of intergenerational permanence, even inevitability, defying all conceivable scenarios of reconciliation. And on both sides, most people just want to live in peace, fatigued by the constant lack of security, tired of the killing, longing for a normal life. Mothers see visions of safety and security for their children. Old men dream dreams of prosperity and sustainability. And yet, the conflict persists through successive intifadas and occupations. From all sides, there are cries for peace, peace, but there is no peace. Though efforts to jumpstart peace negotiations under U.S. sponsorship have been reported in the press recently, most signs of hope are to be found in the slow, small-scale work of the many private organizations dedicated to intercommunal reconciliation. One such initiative is WIAM, the Palestinian Conflict Resolution Center in Bethlehem, whose director, Zuhbi al-Zuhbi, is the father of recent Goshen College grad Marcel, who many of you know. And these outposts of faith and sanity, a spark of hope persists. With the prophet Isaiah of the exile, we confess, a bruised reed God will not break, and a smoldering wick the Lord will not snuff out. In faithfulness, the Almighty will bring forth justice. The light shines in the darkness. This week, Tropical Storms Manuel and Ingrid doused both Mexico's Pacific and Northern Gulf Coasts, respectively. The storms, which caused flooding and landslides, killed at least 80 people and displaced tens of thousands of people. Colorado has also experienced heavy rain within the last two weeks, which claimed the lives of eight people and many more are missing. Additionally, ruptured oil and gas lines may have caused environmental contamination. Natural disasters such as these disproportionately affect people who are underprivileged and who are already struggling to survive. Such people are often forced to live in at-risk geographical areas, and a tight financial situation gives little flexibility to absorb the impact of any material loss or setbacks. This is not just their problem, and therefore their solution, but rather it is our problem and our solution as well, because we are called to care for our neighbors, and because our collective lifestyle and decisions directly and also disproportionately contribute to their well-being or lack thereof of the planet. However, exciting things are happening. At the beginning of the month, 25 world leaders attending the G20 conference agreed to reduce the production and consumption of hydrofluorocarbons, which are 1,430 times more harmful to the climate system than carbon dioxide. Also, technology leading to waste reduction and a movement towards renewable energy with institutions such as Scotian purchasing electricity only from renewable energy sources are both reasons to hope. The light shines in the darkness.
As a way to respond to the situations we've just heard about, as well as others that come to your mind, we have three stations set up to help facilitate prayer for the next 10 minutes or so. You can choose any number of um, stations to participate in, and you are not limited to just one. The first station is a prayer walk around the outside of the chapel room. You can exit the chapel through the doors and begin walking clockwise around the circle. There are signs posted with the names of the situations we heard about um, to jog your memory as you reflectively walk around. At the second station, located here up front, um, you can get a candle from the pile and light it at the Christ candle and then stick it in any um, of the sand um, containers. Um, we also have a table set up here in the middle um, where you can write a prayer or think of a prayer and fold a piece of origami paper into a paper crane, um, which you can then place into the jar. Um, the last option is to stay at your seat and sit um, or kneel and pray silently. Before we begin with these stations, we'll sing a song, immediately after which you can feel free to move around to whichever the stations you would like to go to. Let's sing number 66 in your green. Sing the journey 66 if the war goes on. I think we can remain seated for this.
And so, as issues of violence, injustice, and cruelty arise in this world, our responsibility as compassionate peacemakers is to reflect joy where there is sorrow, kindness where there is cruelty, and love where there is hate. And through these actions acted out daily in our lives, we can then only say that we are taking steps towards healing the world through peace. Okay, so we're gonna sing number 61 in green, Sing the Journey. Um, but we're gonna do something special. We're gonna sing the refrain in a round. So we're splitting you into three parts, and I think we'll do that aisle over, this section, and this section. And Sam will be with that side, and I will be leading here, and Hillary will be leading here. So we'll sing the refrain through twice at the very beginning, then we'll sing a verse, the refrain once in a round, um, and then, so in between verses, just once through the refrain, and then the last time we'll sing it twice again. Um, and we will be skipping verse two, so one, three, four, and five. 